Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here with two of my good, good buddies, Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Jose. Yellow. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and you can find us on Twitch at the, or Twitch, Twitter, Twitter <laughs> at the Fantasy Football Fathers, or uh, on Spotify, where we mainly upload our podcast, but also available on everywhere that Pinecast allows us to be at the moment. If you're on Spotify, you better click that bell, get them notifications, folks. Click the bell, give us a follow. Give us a listen. We're here to help you with all your fantasy football needs, including tonight we're going to go over some waiver wire additions to add this week or at least take a look at. Of course, some news and notes and a little Monday night football recap. We just finished watching the game. Another pretty good one. Another pretty good one. We'll move into our Monday night football recap here. Uh, We all talked about Last week, how you don't want to hesitate to start Rodgers or Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams or really any of the main Packers this week against the Detroit Lions in Lambeau. They took care of business on the field and also took care of business fantasy-wise. Uh, we'll start here with the Packers side of the ball. Rodgers, 27 attempts, 22 completions, 255 yards, four tuds. 26.8 fantasy points. What do you guys think about tonight's game on the Packers side? Oh, what a bounce back. Four touchdowns on 22 completions. Pretty dang good. Sounds like uh, Jameis Winston in week one, doesn't it? Obviously, Jameis Winston, a different <laughs> no, story in week two. he threw for 140 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know how Jameis goes, but we also know how Jameis does. We'll, we'll see what he does next week. Definitely a good performance from Aaron Rodgers and... um basically do what we all expected him to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was, you know, very high on basically all the Packers last week, uh, and they pretty much all came through. Um, even T- uh, Tunyon had a tutter, which, you know, at that alone for the tight end position, that's all you want. So the only person that didn't come through at all was A.J. Dillon because the game was actually a little closer and <laughs> going into halftime than I expected. But other than that, all your main starters for the Packers, they did what they needed to do. Yeah, if you listened last week, you heard one of our deep uh, – Deep starts would be A.J. Dillon, just from Jim here, predicting a big lead from the Packers, and A.J. Dillon coming in late time. Oh, I'm getting that wrong. Not Jim didn't predict that. Big Irby did. Big Irby did. Oh, man, it wasn't the homer here. Yeah, so he had A.J. Dillon coming in. I agreed, but it was Tyler's ingenious. Either way, you both were wrong, but there was was some big points to be had in the Monday Night Football game, definitely. Yeah, you could tell they were trying to get A.J. Dillon involved especially late. Um, Aaron Jones, a major workload, though, in a competitive game, 17 attempts on the ground, only got 67 yards, but still brought in a tud. It still had six targets, six receptions for 48 yards and three tuds through the air, um, including that first one, which was kind of a push pass and basically a handoff, but uh, he gets the reception touch for that. And this is kind of what uh, made him a top five back the last two seasons of fantasy football, and that's why you should not doubt Aaron Jones for the rest of the way. As long as he stays healthy, uh, he should produce like this here on and here out. Devontae Adams, big game. What about on the Lions side? 
felt like Swift and Jamal kind of just split time and neither of them really put out a good performance. No, you know it's bad when Jared Goff is leading your team in rushing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a stat call out. I had no idea. <laughs> and I, I, I literally had pointed out to James because we were watching the game together how un what would the word be? Immobile. How immobile Jared Goff looks. Unathletic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly, I think Peyton Manning might have moved better than that. Watching him move in the pocket, honestly, Jared Goff looks like a, a statue out there. Still, though, four attempts, 46 yards. He finished the night with 17.4 fantasy points. So, based on his matchup, um, might be worth in a super flex or two QB league. Hawkinson had a big night, nine targets, eight receptions, 66 yards, and a tud, 20.6 PPR, 16.6 and a half PPR, and 12.6 ends in standard. Uh, so Hawkinson, again, consistent. He's a good tight end to have. Um, so far, he's worth the ADP. Anybody that heard that in the background, that's just James Dog here uh, trying to make a little bit of noise. Don't worry about that. That's just uh, Moose making a little bit of noise. Oh, a little Moose Moose there. We're all good. But yeah, uh, Jamal Williams had a dramatic increase in fantasy input from week two, unfortunately for me and my fantasy dynasty team. Obviously, he's not my, long- my, not my long-term dynasty play, but he really screwed over my dynasty team this week in fantasy football. I mean, really, at this point with the the lines, the only person you should be starting is Hawkinson. Yeah. Um. I mean, last year he was kind of inconsistent, but this year he's showing that uh, he's going to be a week-in, week-out starter. That makes sense. If you're a Tyra, Tyrell Williams owner at this point, um, I would say at this point, if you're a Tyrell Williams owner, that you just hold on to him and keep him. Ho- hopefully for later in the season, he makes a major impact for you. All right, let's move into some news and notes. Josh Jacobs, day-to-day and very questionable for the upcoming game, says Coach John Gruden. And uh, this is Trey Jose with your Raiders Insight, because you guys know I'm a huge Raiders fan. I'm just going to tell you right now, Josh Jacobs is not going to play this week. And if he does, it doesn't even matter, because if he is and you got him on your team, don't start him. You're wasting time. And if you're in a really, really deep league, Peyton Barber didn't look really promising, and Kenyon Drake does not seem to be the guy that they want to use in the running game, obviously in the passing game. So PPR, keep an eye on Kenyon Drake. But if you're in a really deep league and you want someone that's going to get those uh, rushing carries, it might be Trey Regis this week. Keep an eye out on that. All right. Uh, 49ers bringing in Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. Of course, the backfield continues to get banged up in San Francisco. Hasty and Sermon, both her last game. Any thoughts on this besides continue to avoid? Well, Elijah Mitchell was actually also hurt. He came back into the game, but he did have a shoulder stinger. They expect him to be fine. Um, so, I mean, if you do have Mitchell, he's an absolute must-start because there's no chance that Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller are going to take much time from him in you know such short notice. But I would do... You might want to put a little flyer out there on Kyle Juszczyk. Um, Him being only the, he'll be really the only second experienced running back on that team that knows the offense. I think you're going to see a slight uptick. Um, You know, I bet you I could see him getting 10 carries. And if he, you know, produces a touchdown and you're a little thin at running back, it's not a bad flex play. 
I like that. I like those deep plays, honestly. Kyle Yushik is looking pretty nice. I like that one. It's kind of interesting if you think about it. They're bringing in the Texans backfield from last year. <laughs> yeah. Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. So the Rams might be struggling. And Elijah Mitchell did not look... Um, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the game. His stat line didn't look very impressive, though. He, like I said, he, he missed a, a chunk of the game with that, sh- with that stinger. And then he came back to end the game when everyone else got hurt. Another guy to look at to pick up is Jeff Wilson in San Francisco. He's going to be back eventually and I think has the talent to at least assert himself into this backfield. Seems like they're just looking for someone to really kind of take the lead and everyone just keeps getting hurt or not really performing well. That's a deep stash for Jeff Wilson there um, because he is currently on IR, but if he comes back before the other guys are able to get back to roster fully healthy, that's a that can play. I mean, he produced well when he did start last year. I can see what you guys are saying, but we've we've talked about this before as far as like untouchable running backs, running back committees that you do not want to be a part of as far as like having those guys on your team because they make the decisions so difficult and it's so boom or bust with these running backs. San Francisco is one of those teams. Uh, I see what you guys are saying. Like that's pretty good stuff, but at this point I'm still on the side of picking up deep uh, stashes and cuffs instead of picking up more like a San Francisco running back. No, that's fair. Also, that's fair. Just real quick. I just want to bring it back. I think this week alone, like I think Elijah Mitchell's a must start. If he's in, if he's going to start and play in the game and not, you know, have any other issues at his shoulder, he's a must start. So this is one of the few weeks where San Francisco actually has like someone who's a clear cut because everyone else is hurt or just joined the team this week. Okay. So Elijah Mitchell or, Owners rejoice, I guess. Yeah, the fab was worth it. Uh, Deontay Johnson avoided serious knee injury on the final play against the Raiders on Sunday. He did lead the team with 12 targets. Um, He plays against the Bengals next week. They're expecting him to be back, which is good news for Johnson uh, managers. Yeah, I mean, the the volume speaks for itself. The injury looked a little scary at the end of the game. I was watching that huge Raiders fan, like I said before. I don't know why they had Deontay Johnson at the end of the game, but uh, he got hit by Abram, Abrams pretty hard, and he stayed down. And, I mean, teams were walking off the field, and he was still on the ground. So it looked pretty scary. So it, it's uh, nice to see that the MRI came back positive. And just, just from the output that he has, you have to start him. I'd be a little worried about starting this week. I mean, he's going to be super limited in practice. Um, I think there's a very good chance. I mean, he might be day-to-day, and it might call him you know, a game-time decision, but I think there's a very good chance he does not play this week. Jarvis Landry was uh, not – he hasn't been ruled out yet with a sprained MCL. The Browns are hopeful that he'll play week three against the Bears. Do you guys think he's worth a look at flex if he's playing? Honestly, the Browns passing game looks a little dead right now. I'd like to bring this back to the, the, the Pittsburgh passing game because uh, Irby thinks that Deontay Johnson is not going to play. Does that make Juju a worthy starter this week? Maybe. Um, I mean, I someone has to step up. I don't know if it's Juju because Juju seems to be kind of lost in the shuffle this year, but he certainly could be. Maybe he is the guy that steps up, and he clearly does have some chemistry with Big Ben. Who do you like more, Juju or Fryermuth, both of you, right now? Oh, Juju. Come on. Juju. Juju. Okay, I had to ask. They, I, I really like Fryermuth. They just haven't asserted him enough yet and haven't made him a consistent part of the offense. But um, 
Well, as a fantasy owner, you have to keep an eye out for any tight end that shows any promise. Yeah. No, he definitely move. shows promise. He's he's a he's an athlete. Going back to Jarvis Landry, do you guys consider him worth uh, a look this week, or are you fading? I'm certainly fading. Uh, he, I mean, even though he hasn't been officially ruled out, the reports do say they expect him to be out. Probably miss at least two games, maybe three. So he's more than likely getting ruled out by Wednesday. Is OBJ still out? Uh, not sure yet. It hasn't been ruled. I mean, he was close week two. He might come back week three. I f- the problem with Landry going down is that they might force OBJ back, and that could be an issue. Um, realistically, who I'm upping this week would be Donovan People Jones. I know he hasn't done anything so far this year, but it's one of those guys that again he's got to step up. Someone's he bangers out the ball. Somebody. Oh, you, you beat know? me to it, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, I was talking about him last week. Donovan Peoples-Jones, just an athletic freak. You look at him, why is this guy not a superstar? Obviously, there's more things on the table for him that are uh, attributing to that. But with OBJ possibly down again and Jarvis Landry out, this athletic freak has his chance to shine. I mean, it's really like, why not now for him? Like, yeah, why that, not this week? If it's going to be any week, it's going to be this week. I, I, I Let's be honest, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I don't have the stats on me right now. There's no way he's owned in a majority of leagues. You can pick him up right now, I guarantee you. Check it out. Uh, Will Fuller is, uh, or was, out Sunday due to a personal issue. He is back in the building and back with the team and expected to play in week three. Tua is out. Um, uh, Jacoby Brissett is expected to be the starter. Is Will Fuller even worth a look? You stash him on the bench? No. Uh, I mean, so far in the passing game, it's been all Devontae Parker, uh, essentially. And Will Fuller is dealing with another injury. You know, imagine that. So I'm going Devontae Parker all day in Miami. And by the way, going back to Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's rostered in only 8% of leagues on the sleeper app. Pick him up, people, I'm telling you. But uh, uh, speaking of them right there, uh, the, the Miami receiving core, Honestly, if you have Will Fuller on your team, I'm really curious. Like, what would you guys do if you have Will Fuller on your team? Obviously, I don't think any of us are going to be starting him this week, um, just because of everything that's going on. Would you hold on to him just for like later trade value, or maybe like that late season playoff push? Are you trying to trade him, or are you dropping him? Honestly, in my mind, my my first reaction at this point would be to try to trade him for like a a a deep flyer or even drop him i mean i'll give you a real life example i did have him in one of our leagues um and the decision came down to drop last week i had to drop uh an additional player to pick up a defense and because i had picked up guys off the waiver wire and i held out on defense just to see who would make the cut at the end of the week before i had to pick up a defense i dropped him over terrace marshall um, of the Carolina Panthers just because I don't want to have the headache of Will Fuller, Fuller is just a guy that I don't think I'll ever actually start. So at that at this point, I was just like, well, whatever. He's dealing with some personal issue and injuries. I'll move on, and I dropped him, and I think uh, someone did pick him up, but I'm not too worried about it. Should I just coin a term right now as far as like a league loser? Someone who just wastes a roster spot all, all year. You never start him at the right time. Never contributes when you need him to. He just eats up a roster spot that could be a possible sleeper candidate. Yeah. Is he a league loser? It's looking like it from the last couple of years and just with his suspension this year. Very interesting. 
Yeah, just to back up on that a little bit, I completely misspoke. I must confuse him with somebody else. Um, so he is actually expected to make his debut in week three. He week one was suspended. Week two missed it for personal reasons, whatever yeah. that may have been. He does. Ex- they do expect him to play this week. That doesn't mean I'm even thinking about him. You know, he missed how many games last? Like he's injury prone, new to this offense. I'm still, I'm completely fading Will Fuller. I'm going Devontae Parker only as a receiver for the Miami Dolphins. No, uh, I would probably go Waddle, I think, over Devontae Parker at this point myself. I, I don't want to waste like, a, too much time on him. Yeah, because they also don't have Tua now. So, But it, it's very interesting how he was suspended earlier in the season, Will Fuller, and then the first game that he's eligible well, back. The suspension was carried over from last year. Yeah, I know him. I know, but he his suspension carries over, and then his first game, he's eligible to come back. He doesn't come back for personal reasons. This just raises a red flag as far as like further issues you need to keep an eye on as far as like that team and um, just him within that team. I don't know why they kept him out that game, what the personal issues really were. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was the coach keeping him out on some. I mean, who knows? Just keep an eye on that. LaVisca Chenault injured his shoulder in week two. He's expected to be able to play Sunday against the Vikings. He had nine targets week one, seven targets week two. Um, you know, I've been high on LaVisca Chenault uh, all offseason and the beginning of the season just because I think the volume speaks for itself. He gets those manufactured touches, um, and he's a great player. It hasn't all turned into fantasy production yet. But I think he's a guy that you want to consider keeping on your team. I don't think people should drop him at this point. I know it's been two tough weeks, but the Jags are fifth in the league in pass attempts and also ninth in the league in pass touchdowns. So um, keep him on your roster. Consider starting him this week. I, If you have someone else that's you know not dealing with injury, I would look to maybe pivot to that player. But um, I still think he'll be an asset going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, LaVisca Chanel, if you watch any Jags games, um, I don't blame you for not watching the Jags games. But I, 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 see, I saw a couple of preseason games. I've seen a couple, uh, some time during the regular season. And it's pretty obvious that LaVisca Chanel is Trevor Lawrence's favorite receiver. And there's absolutely no reason to drop him at this point. They just haven't really found their chemistry is what I would say. And hold on to LaVisca, and you're definitely going to get some 15, 20-point gains from him. Uh, honestly, maybe from this point out. Yeah, I mean, I he's not worth dropping yet. He has too much potential, um, and you know, and they do want to get him involved in the offense. I think when he comes back, I think you're going to see the Jaguars change a little bit and give him more opportunities You know, in, in those, those kind of plays that are designed just specifically for him. Just put a ball in your playmaker, you know? Yeah, um... Daryl Henderson um, with a rib cartilage injury. He's uh, hopeful this week, coming from the L.A. Rams. Sony Michelle might be worth a look if he's not suiting up. Any thoughts on Daryl? <laughs> um, sorry, miscommunication there. Um, I mean, if Daryl Henderson's out, Sony Michelle's an easy play as an RB two. Um, possibly RB1. Daryl Henderson, Henderson, who got hurt in the, I believe it was the second quarter, still produced a pretty good stat line for the week. So I wouldn't be too worried about him. He still put up 15 points as a fantasy running back in, you know, basically a half a play. So if Sonny Michelle is a full time starter there, 
he's going to put up points. It's just, it is what it is. He even had a decent second half with, you know, limited touches. Yeah, we all know what Sony Michelle can do. It's just a matter of how many touches he's going to get. And anyone who owns Daryl Henderson, as far as a rib cartilage industry, injury, from from what I've read about a rib cartilage injury, is um, it's basically up to your pain tolerance at that point. It heals a lot slower than an actual rib fracture. So it could be a longer injury um, time frame. But like I said, it's all up to their injury tolerance. So definitely keep an eye on Daryl Henderson and how early they plan to reintroduce him into that offense. Amari Cooper has bruised ribs um, after the game in week two. He's supposed to be reevaluated this upcoming Wednesday. Um, he doesn't play until Monday night, so he has an extra day to rest. He's playing the Eagles, uh, but that certainly also makes him a very risky start for fantasy football. Um, given the fact that he's up in the air. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Amari Cooper this week? Well, let's be real. If you got Amari Cooper on your team, you took him in the top six, seven rounds in your draft. At least, yeah. Which makes it extremely hard to not start him unless you drafted very well. So, um, honestly, at this point, I, I, I'm a huge fan, uh, huge believer as far as fantasy football goes. It's kind of like stick it to your guns. Um and when I say that, put an asterisk on it, stick into 80% of your guns, okay? Pivot a little bit, but, I mean, you got to stick with what you got, man. You drafted Amari high. Um, just keep an eye on the injury report, and if he's remotely healthy, just start him. Well, and I think we'll, we will say we'll touch on this in our start-sit episode uh, Thursday morning. Uh, to add to that, honestly, if I'm an Amari Cooper owner, I'm going out and trying to pick up Cedric Wilson off the waiver wire. That way, if... Cooper's out. It's an easy swap. Put Cedric Wilson in. Yep. Only, you know, produces some points for you. Yep. Yeah. There goes Irby with the solution, and me with the um way to bide your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cedric Wilson. Definitely keep an eye on him this week if you're a, a Cooper uh, owner. Potentially worth spending a, a small percentage of Fab on just to ensure you get him. Tyrod Taylor's not playing Thursday night uh, with a hamstring injury. I think if uh, really the only you know person this affects is probably Brandon Cooks. If you were looking to start him, you might want to look to somewhere else if you haven't already, um, given the fact that Tyrod is not playing. Derek Carr with an MRI today um, on ankle. He should be able to go Sunday. Derek Carr is most likely going to be able to go on Sunday, is what I would say, because he finished the game out for them after going out in, I believe, early in the second half with that uh, ankle injury. It's the same ankle that he broke, but he came back into the game, so obviously he's fine. Derek Carr's been going off early in this season, 817 yards in two games. That is uh, leading the league at this point, and these are not garbage time yards, folks. These are competitive yards while he's trying to win a game. So Derek Carr's out there playing competitive football, putting up big numbers. The only thing that's really missing is touchdowns. He's only has two touchdowns in each of the last two games. And what you're really looking for is the touchdowns from him. But Derek Carr could be a nice pickup. He's not rostered in a lot of leagues, and he's getting a lot of yards. Josh Jacobs is soon to be out next week. Start Derek Carr. All right, and Ertz on the reserve COVID list. Um, If you're looking to start him, I feel sorry, but 
continue to bench. <laughs> Let's move on to our waiver wire pickups of the week. For the love of God, if you have Zach Ertz in your team, get him off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start off the uh, waiver wires here with uh, Tony Pollard in the running back position. He's owned in 38.6% of ESPN leagues. He garnered 34% of snaps uh, this week. He had 13 attempts on the ground, 109 yards, 8.38 yards um, per carry. Uh, He also had, and a touchdown. And then he also had three targets, three receptions for 31 yards through the air. He looks explosive. He looks faster than Zeke. Um, if you're a Zeke owner and you don't have him on your bench, for the love of God, get him on your bench. Um, but he's also worth an add, I think, even if you don't have a Zeke, um, just because if something happens to Elliot or if you're hurting for a flex play, he's clearly worthy of a flex play given this usage right now. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely worth a flex play. He's reminded me a lot of uh, Latavius Murray on the Saints the last couple of years. I got a little chuckle out of Irby there, but, I mean, let's be honest. I, I played Latavius Murray a couple times in the last few years while he was a backup to a healthy Kamara and still put up solid flex numbers. This is someone you can have on your bench and use him sparingly but wisely. Um, if Zeke is healthy, but if Zeke is hurt, obviously he becomes an immediate start. And this is someone who could put up flex numbers for you as a backup. Very rare in the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm fading this, guys. Um, I'm going, if you're in a 14 or 16 team league and, you know, where it's super thin, he's an obvious play. But if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, there, I don't think there's any reason he should be a, even a flex play for you at this point. I think this week is an anomaly, whereas, like, you saw things like this last year, when even when Zeke played. Like, there's games where he goes off, and the next week he's going to do nothing. For instance, like, sure, he had a great game. Last week he had three rushing attempts and f- and four catches. For the four catches, which is the only place he's really relevant fantasy-wise, he, they only produced 29 yards. So, I mean, six that points That was also last week. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they struggled to do anything against besides throw the ball downfield. Oh, God, I hate to say this, but that's also about seven points on fantasy. It's 6.3 if you want to be exact about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Better just one than of those zero. Things. Yeah, it's better than zero. But, I mean, do you want to start someone who's right now you can bank on getting less than 10 points? I don't. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah definitely and, at this point it seems like we're talking about Tony Pollard as a cuff and a possible flex if the offense continues to play out yeah. kind of like in a Saints type of I way. I mean, and regardless of whatever he does on the field, they're, the Cowboys are not going to not give the ball to Zeke. Zeke is a right. $15 million a year running back. They're going to continue to give him the ball. They paid him. Yep. And unless they unless something drastic happens, like some weird, like Tanya Harding, someone knocks out Zeke's knee. Oh, God. <laughs> like, Tony Pollard is not a play. 20-year comeback. Tanya <laughs> Harding is back. <laughs> Rondale Moore makes the list this week, of course, averaging 14.3 yards after the catch per reception. That's That's 4.8 yards more than any other player in the league. I I love those kind of stats, but let's be honest, that's bolstered by his 72-yard catch and run. Sure, but he's obviously able able to make those type of plays. Oh, yeah, I love this stat. I just want to calm people down a little bit. 
I think there's an opportunity for him to really become the number two weapon in this offense. It's kind of Christian Kirk right now, and Kirk's a good player, but he's in his fourth year. It's like, you know, he is what he is. I think Rondell Moore offers a little bit more in the playmaking category. Yeah, you you brought it up in the right way, honestly, because Christian Kirk, it's it's essentially his job to lose at this point, and at, at and at this point, he is losing his job. Most definitely. Rondell Moore is looking great, uh, super explosive. And Christian Kirk's been there for years, like you said. And um, all of us know, just think of a receiver that's been on your favorite football team for about four years, not really contributing. And then somebody comes in off of the draft and they're contributing. Who would you rather have on your team? I mean, that's what the Cardinals are going to do. For sure. Um, the biggest thing you can see point to this, I mean, is warning two games in, but Rondell Moore does have four more targets over those two games than Christian Kirk does. So, I mean, I think if that trend continues, Rondell Moore is certainly the number two receiver in this offense. Yeah, clearly there's a, a want to get him involved in the game plan. And if you're hurting at receiver or you need some depth, Rondell Moore is certainly worth some fab. Um and a, a good pickup this week. He's only owned in 19.3% of ESPN leagues. So, Plus, I mean, why would you not want to roster a guy that weighs, that's 5'7", 180 pounds, and squats 600 pounds? Yeah. That doesn't even make that's sense. A that's a and, freak. Like, just physically, that doesn't make any damn sense. So, like, he's a guy who's super athletic. Like, he's just always going to, he's going to eventually make an impact on a team. He just is. Yeah, that, that's an insane stat. We were talking about this before the, the podcast, but these are the type of players that if you can't get your hands on them, put them on your watch list and then let, let the weeks play out a couple of weeks. If they have a couple of bad weeks, pick them up because these are guys that have high ceilings and you can pick them up for a low value if they have a bad week. Moving on to our next player here, Derek Carr, quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. Does he I have mean, to repeat himself, folks? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to repeat myself, everything I said before, but I mean, but, but, but let's be honest, folks. Obviously, you're a local Raiders fan here. I'm not really giving you a homer take. Let's just be real as far as fantasy football goes. 817 yards over two games. These are not garbage time points or garbage time yards. I'm not going to go into that too deep, but obviously he's putting up yards, and I believe he's going to put up more touchdowns than he has in recent weeks. Josh Jacobs is going to be out this week. Their run game is horrible the last two weeks. And they've been putting the game in Derek Carr's hands, and he's been making plays. Extremely accurate, has a lot of weapons. He's not owned in a lot of leagues. It's blowing my mind how this guy is just so slept on right now. And he could really put up a 25-piece for you next week, pick him up off the bench. Why not? Who do they got next week? They got Miami. Pretty good defense, but they have weapons. They have uh, Xavier Howard, a cornerback, really good cornerback. Okay, that's one guy. Put him on Darren Waller the whole game. It doesn't matter. You got Brian Edwards. You got Henry Ruggs. You got Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. They got weapons going on. They're going to get the yards. They're going to get the touchdowns. And who's going to get them? Derek Carr is. I mean, the Miami defense also has Byron Jones back there. So, you know, don't don't worry about it. He's another, you know, all-pro caliber player. But, uh. I, I, mean, will, you, I will counter with John Gruden <laughs> calling plays. Uh, that's fine. Honestly, I, I don't think the take is, is wrong by any means. Um, Derek Carr actually has been a decent quarterback, especially fantasy-wise, for a couple of years now. There's I don't know if it's a stigma about him or what, but there's something that like makes it seem like people don't understand that Derek Carr is actually there's a, a, a good quarterback. There's a lack of trust in Derek Carr, I think. Yeah. 
Maybe it is. Maybe it's like because in the big game we've seen him kind of crumble a little bit. I don't know, but it's not. It's only like it's a very small sample size where like week after week he does seem to produce. Yeah. So he's certainly somebody worth a, a roster stash. I mean, I can guarantee you this: if he's available in your league, he's probably better than your backup quarterback. Yeah, right. I almost you can almost guarantee that as far as just look at the numbers, and uh, that's pretty much all you got to do. It, Derek Carr's worth a worth an ad this week and worth a stash and probably a start next week. I mean, he's playing Miami this week. Then he's playing the Chargers the week after that. Then he's playing the Bears the week after that. The Bears used to have a great defense, not so much anymore. Great pass rush, but I mean, come on. And then and against the Broncos, these are all like division games, games where he's really going to try to show out. You could pick a Derek Carr at least for a couple of weeks if you don't really have faith in him and just ride it out. Yeah, one little more ad here to Derek Carr that. Miami offenses seem to be struggling and or at least stuttering. So in the in the Las Vegas defense has played pretty well through the last couple of weeks. So I think uh they could see the ball a lot, get a lot of opportunities, a lot of possessions, which means more opportunities for Derek Carr. That does bring up a good point. This is the last thing I'll say about Derek Carr. If the Raiders defense continues to play really good, then I would fade Derek Carr because his <laughs> Chances are going to be less. But, I mean, honestly, one of the Raiders' defense actually been good and consistent. Uh, it's been a really long time, folks. You probably were never alive for it. So just get Derek Carr. Uh, moving on, Cordell Patterson, <laughs> seven attempts for 11 yards on the ground, but he did get that touchdown in the goal line situation. Six targets, uh, five receptions through the air, 58 yards, and a tud through the air. He seemed to do pretty well in the rushing game uh, week one, did really well in the receiving game week two. Um, my personal take is I would kind of look for a little bit more consistency, but I think he's worth, you know, before you start him, but I think he's worth a stash right now on the bench just to kind of see how this role um, evolves and ends up, you know, if it, if it ends up being consistent or not, I think he's certainly worth it a stash this week before the role becomes permanent. I mean, I personally love Cordero Patterson for years. Ever since he was on the bears, just watching him run the ball. I believed at one point he was the hardest runner in the NFL. I mean, that man runs with purpose. He definitely does. But whatever seems to turn out is his um, rushing production. He gets rushing attempts, but not the yards. And this week, it seemed like he really showed out with his receiving production. And just from the history of interacting with Cordero Patterson in fantasy, I would pass on him. He's someone I would throw on my watch list. I um, I think his production is going to be solely based on how healthy Russell Gage is. Russell Gage is one of those guys, but four season had some, you know, kind of low end. You're like, hey, this guy could end up, you know, breaking out as now the number two receiver for them. But he's dealt with injuries the first two weeks. I think as long as that continues to happen where Russell Gage is barely in the lineup or, you know, in and out of the lineup, we, you know, drive after drive, Cordell Patterson, if you're really thin at receiver, is not a terrible play. Moving on to our next target, and this guy I think is up there for me, probably my number one waiver wire of the week uh just because i like what i've seen in in terms of shares and um ability 
K.J. Osborne, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Six targets, five receptions, 91 yards, 18.2 yards per reception last week. He also had a tud. He had 20.1 PPR fantasy points, 15.1 in standard leagues. Uh, He led the Vikings in reception yards, obviously mostly due to that 64-yard tud he had in the first quarter. Uh, but essentially my take is, you know, defenses are worried about shutting down Jefferson and Thielen, obviously, and that is leaving some room for Osborne to really work. And I think he has the ability to, um, take advantage of that lackluster coverage and make plays. And, um, obviously Kirk Cousins is aware of that and has been looking for him in the first two weeks. This is a guy that I was looking to add last week and definitely looking to add this week because his stock continues to rise. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. With uh, Irv Smith being out, they they need that third receiver, and it looks like K.J. Osborne's getting those looks. And, um, I mean, there's really not much more to touch on before, besides what, what Jimbo said here. Um, obviously, a lot of his yards came from that 64-yard catch. But that's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on and uh, try to get him on your roster. If an injury goes to Thielen or Jefferson, this guy's going to put up numbers. Yeah, it seems like, uh, surprisingly enough, the Vikings are the one team in the league that can actually give produce three fantasy-relevant receivers. Wait, Kirk Cousins can do that? Yeah. I know, oddly enough, he, he actually like is very, he's very good at spreading the ball around. So you like that! <laughs> I mean, if you put in, if you look through the first two weeks, Justin Jefferson has 19 targets, Thielen has 17. And KJ Osborne has 15. That's a lot of targets. It's more targets than we're getting from almost anybody else that we're talking about on the waiver wire. I mean, KJ Osborne seems to have a legitimate role in this offense week in and week out. If he hasn't been picked up, I think he would be my number one waiver wire pickup this week. Here's my last little snippet about that. Let's think about uh, previous big name receivers that have uh, popped up in the draft last couple of years DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. KJ Osborne? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come on now. We're yeah. getting into some uh God, what do you call it? Abbreviations. Yeah, sounds sounds legit. And hey. oddly enough, super weird tidbit, but KJ Osborne has completely outproduced both DK and AJ so far this year. Ooh. Oh, he stormed up in the house, pulled out the KJ. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, moving on, Daniel Jones. We talked about him in our recap a little bit last week, but um, definitely worth worth a look. Thirty one for twenty two, two hundred forty nine yards, one passing touchdown. He had nine rushes for ninety five yards, ten and a half yards per carry, one rushing touchdown. Could have had two without that penalty. Almost thirty fantasy points. This is back-to-back weeks for him. Uh, I think he was 22 points last week. He's like tw- he was just over 20. He's like 20, almost yeah. 21. I mean, I don't know why. If you had one of the quarterbacks that went down, maybe it was Tua. Um, but you know, if you were starting one of them, like, he should be picked up in your league already um, if you had any injuries, or at least as a backup. Like, I mean, he's clearly showing a little bit of you know growth here. Now, that does not mean that next week he doesn't you know go and fumble twice or something, like, something along those lines. But he's definitely worth a stash right now. And if he continues this, he's just he might become a must start player. 
Okay, he, he, honestly, Daniel Jones, to me, is the definition of a boom or bust player right now. Someone I've been really high on for a couple of years. I mean, his rushing ability is something that can really contribute to your fantasy points. And I, I thought he was going to do it last year. It never happened. And you saw in the last game when they actually utilized him as a rushing quarterback, what is possible. He, he would have had 150 yards if it, that penalty wasn't called back. So tack on another six points to his fantasy total. I mean, even more impressive at that point. So yeah, Daniel Jones, it, it, God, at this point, if, if you have a spot to put him in your roster, just put him on there. Who cares? Who cares if he's your third quarterback, if you want to keep two for whatever the hell reason you're doing, put him on there, man. D- Daniel Jones, I'm telling you, he, poor man's Josh Allen. He could really do some stuff for you on the right week. Moving on here to Justin Fields. Uh, might be the starting quarterback going forward, finally, for the Chicago Bears. but. Mr. Nagy was quoted saying Andy Dalton is the starting QB when he's healthy. Um, Justin Fields is owned in just under 50% of ESPN leagues. Currently, I think he's definitely worth an ad and stash. Um, see how this thing plays out. He, you know, it looks like Andy Dalton is not going to play this week. Fields 100% has his opportunity to take the job and be the guy which we are all praying and hoping for. (laughs) So we'll see, but you definitely want to get him on your roster this week because uh, this could be the week he goes off, uh, given the fact that he might play the whole game. I mean, I'll I'll expand on what I'm saying about Daniel Jones. Like This is a quarterback with rushing upside. Why would you not roster him? Like, if you're playing fantasy football and you're not trying to roster a quarterback with rushing upside, you're probably doing it wrong. There's a really high chance you are, but, you know, there's a lot of different strategies going on. I mean, you at least if you have two quarterbacks on your roster, you have to have one with rushing upside. And why would you not have Justin Fields on there? And if not, why not Daniel Jones? you got to have these guys that are uh, that have those high ceilings as your backups. Yeah, I think, you know, um, in our you know, friends league, the league that we've had for a decade plus. Um, I've had, I've been blessed to have Lamar Jackson the last two years. And I think, you know, uh, the game Sunday night kind of shows obviously Lamar Jackson's in a field of his own, but he throws two picks early and he's able to make that up, um, and still put up 30 plus fantasy points because he's able to run and throw. Um, and Justin Fields definitely has those capabilities. So, uh, definitely worth an ad here. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised he's was owned in less than 50 percent of leagues at this point. Yeah, that's like, surprising. Like, I really thought that he would end up taking over the role from Andy Dalton sooner rather than later. Me too. The, the injury just you know accelerates that process, and I think Matt Nagy is absolutely full of shit. <laughs> I mean, if Andy Dalton misses two weeks. Yeah, the potential you're going to see from Justin Fields is going to push him to the starting position. Yeah, it's it, that's the norm. That's the new norm too. These quarterbacks used to come in and and used to be able to sit for a while, but um, once Justin Fields is able to really take control of a game all on his own and play it from you know kickoff to final whistle, I think he takes the job, and the potential is so much higher than Andy Dalton that Nagy is going to be forced to start fields. I mean, let's be real. If you're in a competitive fantasy football league of 12 plus teams, Justin Fields was drafted. 
And if he's not drafted in your league, pick him up. Yeah. Yep. Um, moving on here, the Carolina, Carolina one defense for you guys, the Carolina Panthers defense. They're ranked first in defensive points overall. Um, still not heavily owned. Um, if you're someone who, like myself, kind of streams defenses each week, I think these guys are worth picking up. Maybe even spend a little bit of fab to give you a consistent starter in Carolina. They got a bunch of young, athletic, hungry defenders who are making plays all over the field. They took care of the Saints last week. Um, I think they're worth a look um, in leagues where you have to carry a defense. You convinced me. I will look at them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are there anybody, any other players you guys want to bring up or mention here tonight for the waivers? Oh, yeah, definitely. Really, there's only uh, two we missed out on that I want to touch on. Uh, Michael Pittman's a big one. Obviously, he's owned in a lot of rosters, but, I mean, Owner in a lot of leagues, but if, if for whatever reason he's not owning your league, you got to pick him up. It was about 80%. seemed like what the stats we're seeing from across different leagues or fantasy football leagues. I mean, that means in 20% of leagues, if, if you're one of five people listening, Michael Pittman's available. Like, why is he not on your team? This is someone who's built like a wide receiver one. He's been billed to be the wide receiver one since he was drafted, and now he's finally getting wide receiver one looks. So why would you not put him on your team? Obviously, he might be hard to get, but if he's available, get after him. The other guy would be Michael Carter. He got 88 yards on 13 touches against New England Patriots. I think that's crucial, man. That, that's a lot of yards for a rookie to get against a Patriots defense. I'm not really sure how much of that was like a really in garbage time. I didn't watch the game, but that's uh that's a very promising stat line to see from a rookie against the Patriots. Yeah, no, those are those are great takes. I just want to bring up one more thing on the uh, Carolina Panthers defense. So they have scored double-digit points in back-to-back weeks, which I'm if you get double-digit from double-digit points from your defense. That's great. Like that's huge in fantasy football. On top of that, they do play Houston this week, which is right. going to be starting a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills. Uh, I would say that the Carolina Panthers defense feasts. Yes, I got I got one more waiver pickup for you because obviously you guys are waiting for me to tell you my defense, right? <laughs> My defense, I'll tell you my defense start of the week Why here. is it not Carolina? I is, thought that was for Thursdays, but we'll go ahead and move it up to we'll Tuesday. We'll save it for defense. All right, we're talking <laughs> waiver wire. Excited. He's a little no, excited. No, we're talking waiver wire pickups, right? You got to pick up these teams before you miss out on on that waiver true, wire, true, okay? True. And what what I'm really talking about here is the Las Vegas Raiders defense. Oh, I'm bringing up the Raiders again. Yeah, I am. This is a completely <laughs> different defense than I've been seeing in recent years. I actually have enough confidence to, like, maybe tell them or tell you about them because they're actually getting pressure on the quarterback now and the defensive backs are able to cover for once. And at this point, they're one of the best teams in defensive pressure in the league. They're not even blitzing at this point. They're getting pressure with just their defensive line, which is very impressive. And they're going up against Miami with a backup quarterback. Um, I believe two is going to be out this week. He he got his uh, another rib cartilage injury, like we were talking about, up to pain tolerance and how fast he's going to heal from that. If two is not in, I'm honestly not quite sure who the backup is going to be, but it's not going to be good for him. Oh, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. Very, very capable quarterback. Obviously not a starting quarterback. Two was ahead of him. That's all you need to know. All right, guys, and we'll finish this off with um, 
one player, if you had to choose one, let's say you're the first in your waiver claims or you have some fab to blow, who is the first player you're targeting this week in waivers? I got money to blow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm blowing that money on KJ Osborne. Ooh. I think he's going to become a week in week out week out flex play. Um like I said Minnesota seems to be the probably only team in the league that is going to produce three fancy relevant receivers. So I'm going KJ Osborne all the way. I personally would have to go with Rondale Moore. Okay. He's looking really good. We were talking about it earlier as far as the attention that DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green command every time they're on the field. This is a, a team that really just historically, which is kind of a dumb way to talk about a, a fantasy impact, but um, d- d- does not favor their tight ends. So um, that's going to lean towards their third receiver, and we've seen that from the stats already with Rondell Moore. And if you can get your hands on him, you got to get your hands on Rondell Moore, someone who could really have a huge impact on your team. Yeah, for me, it was 1A was K.J. Osborne, 1B, Rondell Moore. I think either one of those guys are worth going after, spending some fab. Obviously, if you need a running back, pick up Tony Pollard if he's available. Uh, But K.J. Osborne seems to be the guy that has the most potential, um, right along with Rondell Moore. So that'll do it for our waiver Wire show this week. Be sure to keep an eye out for our Thursday morning starts of the week. That'll get you all prepped for the weekend going through all next week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast and take a look at Spotify and follow us there. Um, We'll be sure to post some great content going forward. And thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to click follow and hit that bell on Spotify, folks. Get the notifications every time we upload an episode. Get you all your fantasy information so you can win that fantasy league. Shit on your boys. Shit on your boys. <laughs> Doses. <laughs>